Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I already gave it away. Not going to do a Mother's Day message. I, I thought long and hard. About, in fact, I was moving that direction. Let's do it. We're going to do a Mother's Day message. Our first Mother's Day. Let's do it. And, and I totally went another direction. So, um, but that's all right. We, we honored our moms. They were glad to have you. And uh, are you excited though? Yeah. All right. Praise God. Remember, you're, we're in this together. So help us during this time. Last week, I had uh, taught, started a series or, or message. It was just a message. It was going to be a little mini series. But um, on the value of vision, we've got our, our background art that we put up uh, last week. And we had the scripture in, um, we talked first about purpose. And we quoted in Ephesians that we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And we just started talking about the value, or not value, but, but purpose and vision, how they're tied together, that every person has a purpose. Every individual has a purpose. Every individual is created for a reason. In fact, in Christ, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand, not just to say that he did something, but he, he prepared them beforehand, that you and we, that I, together, that we should actually walk in those things. And so, you know, the purposes and plans of God, the things that he designs for us, he desires that we walk those things out. And the reality is, you know, I, I, I pray I, before we, before I minister, I like to pray that help us to live our lives with purpose and number our days. The time will come. We'll stand before the Lord and he'll ask us, what did we do with the gifts, the things that he put in us, the, not just the gift of salvation, but the, the things, the deposits, the deposits he placed in our lives. What did you do with that? We'll give an account of those things. Why? Because he expects those things to be walked out in our life. He expects whatever his purpose, his design for you is, he expects you to find it and then to walk those things out. And when he does, if he expects it, we know that we can. Yeah. I mean, you, but that, that's, that's good news to me that no matter what's going on, he has a purpose for my life. And because of he has a purpose that he expects me to walk out, I can find it. I can know exactly what it is. I can know exactly how to do it. I mean, I don't have to wonder. I don't have to go through life in fear. Am I, am I pleasing God? Am I, am I okay with him? I can know that I am doing the things that he purposed and designed me for to do. Amen. If you're not in that place, I challenge you, get a hold of this and start pursuing these, these things. Start, don't just let life go by and I'll figure it out one day. There's no day like today to get a hold of why you're here and why the Lord... You do know we're not here just to take up space. We're not here just to use up oxygen. Once a person gets born again, the best thing for us would be to move on to heaven. Once you get born again, I mean, why stay here? I mean, there is so much better. And, And you're lacking any kind of adversity, any kind of trouble. You realize heaven is a lot better than this, you know. And and I don't care how good something is, it doesn't compare to heaven. Well, for our sake, to move on would be the best thing. But the reality is there's much that needs to be done. And there are people that need what we have. They need this message. And it only gets out there if we find our place, if we do what he's called us to do. So everyone, that everyone is a, they're they're a, uh, uh, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And he expects us to walk in these things and we can walk them out. So we started talking about, Vision. We start talking about what, uh, how, how important this is. I had somebody mention, I didn't realize vision is, was such an important thing. Vision is a very big deal. It's a very, 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 very important uh, uh, thing. And if you look around culture today, we're seeing a lot of results of what a lack of vision does to people and cultures and nations and the world in general. When there's a lack of vision and the right vision... And a lack of vision is tied to purpose. They're tied together. When, when the vision, a vision a person has for their life doesn't match their purpose, things get out of, out of whack. And it opens the door to all sorts of problems. We read this scripture, and this is in uh, Proverbs. This is the King James uh, Matthew. Proverbs 29, 18, it says, Where there is no vision... I'll give him a second to put the, put the scripture up. We typically use the New King James, so it takes a second to switch it to King James. There you go. It says, Where there is... No, we want to use the King James. If you go to the scroll button there, go to King James and redo it, it'll, it'll pop up. There we go. All right, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy 
But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So where there is no vision, the people perish. How many believe the word of God? How many do you believe what, what the Bible says is actually what it means? And, and, when, and, and if, you, if you realize, you read the scripture, there's no ambiguity in it. There's, there's, no, there's no, it's potential. There's no, it doesn't say where there is no vision, you know, it might not go well for people. Or, or where there is no vision, people might perish. It doesn't say that. It says where there is no vision, the people perish. And someone might say, well, people have vision, but how, who is to say what vision they're supposed to have? We'll look at that in just a minute. Uh, but vision is important. And what kind of vision? Where the vision is coming from is important. So because without that, it says here that the people perish. The, King, the New King James, I'll just tell you, it says that uh, the people cast off restraint. I think we can look around today and we can see a lot of casting off of restraints. People you know, may think, what does that mean exactly? No one likes to be restrained. That sounds like a good thing. Well, there are some restraints that are good. There are some restraints that are important in life. We have, we, have, we have moral restraints. We have cultural restraints over the years that have been good things for our society. When, when there is no vision, people start casting off all restraints. We have the number one restraint. That's the, the restraint. So I don't like to think of it in this way, but the restraint of the word of God, it is absolutely a restraint. It, it'll tell you how to live. It'll tell you, it'll tell you what to do. It, it'll give you guidelines and parameters and when it's not there, what happens? People perish, people cast off restraint. Uh, another translation says people run wild. That sounds great too, unless you're the one that's running wild and find it yourself all alone. That's not a good thing. Uh, the Young's Literal, and I like this, uh, the Young's Literal translation says that where this is lacking, or where this is not present, that people are made naked. And, 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 and no one likes the thought of that, right? But, uh, and, and no mental pictures, no mental pictures. But, uh, you know, no one likes to even think of that. But, but the reality is it strips you of the things that protect you. And so you, you, you move from a place where you have a covering and you have protection in your life and it removes that. So vision is such an important thing uh, to us, such an important thing we do. And, and I was saying, you know, how important it is to discover this. Really, there's no greater honor than to find your purpose and, and God's vision for your life and to find out what that is. There's no, there's no greater purpose. I wrote down the scripture that I've always loved this verse. I, I read Proverbs every day. There's one, one but I read other things, but, but just as part of my daily reading in the morning, I'll read a book of Proverbs every day. There's 31, 31 Proverbs. It's, it's easy. It's good. Uh, but there's a proverb here that I love. In, in Proverbs, the 25th verse, in verse 2, this is the New King James. We're back to that, Matthew. Proverbs 25, 2. It says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. It's the glory of God to, con- to conceal a matter, but, but the glory of kings, little k, kings, it's gl- the glory of kings to search out a matter. So what's another reason why vision and purpose and these things are important? Because they're not things that just necessarily present themselves. You have to search for them. You find them in his word. You find them in times in his presence because he reveals specifics in our life. And it's a part of, it's a part of the glory of God, the plan, the mystery of God, just, just who he is. He's so vast. These things are concealed, but not so that we won't know them, so that we have the opportunity to search them out. You know, Hebrews says that if, if you have to come to him to please God, you have to come to him. And, and one translation says that he responds to those, this Hebrews eleven six. He responds to those who care. He cares enough to respond to those who ask. He cares enough to respond to us, but it's not just his caring that's important. We have to care enough to ask. And so he has these things for us. We're in partnership with him. And so these things aren't necessarily clear on the outside. They have to be discovered. But that's part of the glory in our lives that we get to unveil and search out these truths and these realities, these things that he's done for us and made us to be in the purpose and vision in our life. It's an amazing thing. And so what an honor it is to, 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 to pursue this. And I, and I think we would all agree it's important. It's a very, very valuable thing. And thank God we have this opportunity. We said last week that vision, um, that word vision in the original Hebrew just simply meant to see, just to see. Now, different translations like the New King James translates uh, that, that scripture where there is no vision. It says where there is no revelation. I think the Amplified says uh, divine, uh, 
divine guidance. It says divine guidance. So revelation is good, but sometimes people can like, okay, that's, that's a little spiritual revelation. What is revelation? It really, when you boil it down, is to see very clearly into the mind of God, to see into the plan of God. And so on the most basic level, vision is just being able to see. You need to be able to see. So when vision comes, it brings something. It brings provision. There's provision in your life. And there's an old saying where the Lord guides, he provides. And we believe that. If he asks you to do something, he's going to provide the grace, the the resources, the help, all of those things. He's going to give you those things to do it. But it also provides something else. It provides guidelines. It provides boundaries. And that's what happens when you don't have it. You cast off restraint and run wild because you, the, 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 the guidelines and boundaries that vision provides are absent. And then destruction sets in. If you're going somewhere, I know Morgan flew in. And did you fly in from, uh, from LAX or, or from... San Diego. She went to San Diego this time. So when they, she flew from San Diego, I'm sure the pilot didn't just say, we're just going to start flying to see where we end up. Uh, that, would be, that would not be good at all. She didn't, I'm sure the pilot didn't even say, all right, let's just start flying east in a general direction. How I many know general direction is good? Yeah, general, sure, general direction is good. If you, if it, it's better than nothing. If you take off, you need to know some direction that you're going, right? Well, let's just fly east and find where we go. That, that sounds exciting to some of us, maybe. But if you have a destination, you need to know boundaries. You have, you have these lines on, on, the, on the charts. You have these uh, 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 points on the map that you have to fly to, vector to, and they're going to vector you to the next. You have all of these specific details. Well, that's what vision it then provides direction for you. It, it provides boundaries. And that applies to every part of our life. If your vision isn't right, if your vision isn't what God intends it to be, your, your boundaries are going to be messed up. It tells us how to use our time. It tells us how to use our finances. It tells us how to raise our children. It tells us how to structure our lives. Vision does those things. It, it's what it, that's what it does for us. And so it's such an important thing. And um, we want to make sure that we are uh, uh, pursuing this and looking after this. And it's 1130. I got to go quick. Also provides stability. Listen to last week and difficult times. It'll help you. But I wanted to segue into something a little different. I, last week I said that we're going to talk about the vision of the church. We're going to get there. What well, who knows the, the scripture reference to the vision of our church. So, I, we have hands. Somebody yell it out. Started off good. It was Acts 26. All right. So, so it's, it's an Acts. And then it went down to, went down a decimal to 26. And then, uh, okay. So Acts 26, 16 through 18. That's the, uh, the vision of our church. Those are the scriptures. And uh, we're going to get into it. But I want to first look at the verse after that. So we can put this up on the screen. It's uh, Acts 26, 19. And this is the apostle Paul writing here. And he said, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So he, he just, he, he told what the vision was. This is when he was on the road to Damascus and the Lord Jesus appeared to him and changed his life, changed his direction, revealed his purpose. God's the Lord's purpose for his life gave Paul new sight. He could see where he was going, gave him vision and he described here and told him what that vision was, that what the Lord had told him. But he finished with it. He said, King Agrippa, he said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Notice the word the in heavenly vision. The means singular. The heavenly vision. And it's not just a specific random vision. It's a heavenly vision. So he said that vision is important to us. Vision is important to us because it, vision is the expression or the, 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 I don't know what the right word is. Vision is the direction of our purpose. It gives direction there. But it's not just having any vision. There is a vision. There is, there, for your life, there is a the heavenly vision for you. There is a specific thing for each of us that is very, uh, very specific, very uh, fine-tuned just for you. And the things that he places in you are fine-tuned for that specific vision. And you can do your own vision, but it's better to pursue the Lord's vision. And they don't always just match. And in fact, if you just do what feels good, I can almost guarantee you your vision for life will be different than God's vision for your life. You probably experienced it this morning. 
Maybe it was just me, but when my, my, I use my watch as my alarm, it taps me so it doesn't make noise and irritate Amy, but it'll, it'll tap my wrist, start tapping me when it's time to wake up. My vision, what I would have liked to have done, anybody, maybe you can relate to me this morning, what I would have liked to have done was to take that watch off, detach it from my wrist, pull my arm back a little bit and send it flying into the next room. You know, just, I want, I want to sleep. Don't wake me up. Don't, don't, don't disturb me. Well, I could have done that and it would have been an awkward service today, <laughs> right? You know, we had gotten here and right, it's not, what, what are we doing? What's pastor Greg? He, he had a different vision for the day. <laughs> and, 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 and unfortunately a lot of times people, they approach life like, well, that's okay. They just, it's, that was just what they wanted to do. It's really selfish to do that, but it also denies your purpose in life and it'll rob not only you blessing, but everybody else. No, God had a different vision, a different purpose for today. And so I had to choose which one I was going to listen to instead of, instead of, uh, uh, throwing the watch, I just hit the snooze button. So I, I didn't yield exactly right away, but I built in the fact that I could tell it to snooze a couple of times. And then I got up finally and got my act together and got dressed. So vision doesn't always line up. It's a choice that we make, but there is a heavenly vision for your life. So we talked last week, the value of vision this morning is the value of the heavenly vision, the value of the heavenly vision. Because when we talk about vision last week, sometimes people can leave and just think, oh, it's just, it's good to have a vision. And I've got a vision for my life. And since I have a vision, I'm good. I'm I'm not going to cast off restraint. The source of your vision matters. And Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. It's important to recognize not just what you think your purpose is, but what has God said your purpose is? What has God designated as the vision for your life? Like I said, our vision doesn't just automatically coincide as something that we have to choose. You know, when I was growing up, I... um, Growing up in a pastor's home, you've, you've all heard the story, you know, we moved to Ramah when uh, my dad left the phone company, had a great job at the phone company and moved to, uh, decided the Lord had told him to, it's time to go to Bible school. And so they packed the, 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 uh, the blue Volvo up. I remember the blue Volvo. If you've been around a long time, you remember the old blue Volvo that we used to have and um, packed up the old boxy blue Volvo. We drove to, uh, to Oklahoma and I was four when we left and, and uh, turned five while we were out there in Tulsa. And so went to Bible school, came back, the church started. And, and you're young, you know, not really, not really thinking a whole lot about it. But, you know, as time went on, I started to realize, you know, my life's a little different. Uh, you know, uh, there, there is something to the fact that preachers, kids do live in a bit of a, a glass, a glass house, a little bit of a glass bubble, so to speak, that, um, you might say, well, I don't, well, preachers, kids, that's because they're the worst. Well, sometimes they are. Um, but part of that is the parents' responsibility and how they raise their kids. But also there's, there can be a lot of extra pressure. And, and I remember getting in trouble for things that I did the same thing that Johnny did. And we did the exact same thing. And it, everybody thought that was cute, but like, I'm a terrible person. Like what just happened? And, and I couldn't understand what that was. And, and I remember specifically sitting at uh, high Springs elementary. We moved back here in 1980 and we lived out in Gilchrist County, lived in the middle of nowhere. Our nearest neighbor was, I think six miles through the woods. Uh, that was our closest person. And, um, finally moved back into high Springs. So I, I went to bell first grade and then, uh, went to high Springs, the second grade. And I remember specifically when we moved to the new campus, I was at the old school, any of our old high Springs residents, you know, where the police station is now, that's where I started second and third grade. Well, fourth grade, we moved to the new school. I distinctly remember sometime in the fourth grade, I don't know exactly when, but it was definitely in the fourth grade. That's not one of the only times as a kid I was on that side of, of the school because the middle school is on the other side. People were teasing me, harassing me about, they just, you know, they, they realized it kind of got under my skin a little bit about that you're going to grow up one day and you're going to be a preacher just like your dad, <laughs> right? And, and, and I said, I will not. I mean, I was like, I will not, I will, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that at all. And I remember that just used to irritate me that you're going to grow up and, and, and be a preacher just like your dad. I, I never forget one day, my dad, one day, my dad dropped me off for school and he had praise and worship music on in the car. And I was like, you got to turn that off. Cause if my friends hear that, when I get out, they're going to, they're going to lay into me. Yeah, that's right. You're going to be a preacher one day, you know? And I mean, I mean, I turned the music and what are you doing? Nothing. I just jumped out real quick, you know, but, um. 
But people say, you know, you're going to be a preacher and you're going to do these things. And, and I, I didn't like that at all. And, and uh, because, you know, there were just some things about it that there's just sacrifices and things involved that I didn't want to do. I want to do my own thing. In fact, uh, as, at, a, at the church, we were at a place during that time where Leah uh, was our first musician we ever had at the church. She played tambourine. Well, we had a guitar player, but uh, beyond a guitar player, Leah was graced to play a tambourine. And so we don't allow tambourine playing now because we had the best back then, and it can never compare to the skill that Leah had on that tambourine. And so to not 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 to tarnish our memory and love of that time, we just say no more tambourine. In fact, we have it encased in gold in the office. But anyway, um, I do have that tambourine in my office. It does sit in my office. But anyway, uh, so Leah was our first percussionist. Well, the church is growing and, and needing things. Well, my parents, you know, said, hey, we, we, need, we, need, to, we need to grow our music team. So um, said, you know, are you interested in playing drums? So in the fifth grade, I started learning to play drums because we needed a drummer in the church. We needed some percussion, so I started learning to play drums. You may not know that, but I do play drums. And so um, did that for many years. Well, as time went on, not that I was great, but I was decent. You know, I played an all-county band and those kind of things and, and was able to teach some different people how to play drums here in the church and, and people who have long surpassed me. I mean, I, I don't even want to get next to Eric when he's playing drums anymore because I'd be embarrassed, but uh, I'll get credit for something. So I was involved in it, but um, other teachers worked with him as well. But uh, you know, it was something that I did. Well, I enjoyed it. And so I had this thought eventually, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be a musician. You know, I don't want to be a preacher. I, you know, I, I, I want to be a musician, you know, the fame and the, and the money and traveling and all that stuff. That sounds, yeah, that's what I'll do. And so I'll be a rock star. And, and you know, rock drummers are not very good. Like Ringo Starr is terrible. I th- I'm better than Ringo Starr, you know, the Beatles. I, I'm better than that. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I had my own vision. It didn't just line up, wasn't exactly the same. God had something else for me, but there came a time in my life where I had to make a decision. Am I going to pursue my own thing or am I going to do what the Lord has called me to do? You know, Morgan's with us today. Uh, I'm sure growing up, what she's doing now, there are probably times that was the furthest thing from her mind. I remember Morgan as a teenager. I can guarantee you those were, there, there were, that was, those were times where that was the furthest thing from her mind, but there was a grace on her life. There was a purpose for her life. And she had to get her, her, her life in line, her vision in line with his vision. It's such an important thing that we do that. Like I said, every individual, every person needs a vision for their life, but you need to get a hold of God's heavenly vision for you. It's so important. Well, what is the heavenly vision? What is it? I, I can't tell you a specific for you. Aren't you glad I'm not the Holy Ghost? Aren't you glad we live in a time where you don't have to go to the priest and have them tell you what to do? You have your own connection with the Lord. Now, that doesn't disregard the ministry gifts and the importance in your life, but you can go to the Lord and find out for yourself. In fact, it's your responsibility to find these things out, and you can. You can find out what the Lord has specifically for you. Pastor Greg, I thought we were going to talk about the church vision. We are. We're getting there because you realize the church vision is not just about Scripture. It's not even just a, 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 what I mean that, it is about Scripture, but a specific set of Scriptures. It's not even about a specific individual or a couple. It's about this body of people, right? It's about the group of us. Impact. The, The building is something that we own. It is not the church of Impact Family Church. It's where we meet, but our, who we are is bigger than this place. Wait, I had to say that again. Who we are is bigger than this place. That means its reach goes further than this place. The church at Impact Family Church doesn't exist when it's only when it's here. It exists when it leaves here. Yeah. So you have to begin to see yourself. And this is not just the power of positive thinking. This is what does, what is reality? What is really happening? We are the church in Impact Family Church, right? So we have to find our place there. So how do we do that? Well, we have to designate what is the Lord Jesus doing? Don't you think it's good to go to the head of the church? You know who that is, right? The head of the church. You might know who his name is Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. In Matthew 16, let's look at this verse. Great verses here, and just for time's sake, I don't have time to read all of this, but uh, they were asking, he asked them, you know, who do people say that I am? And some say this, some say that. And then Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. This is Matthew 16. 
We'll look here in verse 19, and he said, uh, well, it was verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Notice, it needed to be revealed. It wasn't just something that was obvious on its own. It needed to be revealed. These are part of those mysteries that, that he is looking to reveal to us, and it's our, for our glory that we recognize those things. It's for our embetterment and empowerment that we learn these things. He said, uh, uh, man has not um, uh, revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you, verse 18, that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. Everybody say, I will build my church. That's what Jesus said. I will build my church. He was looking ahead to a day that was quickly coming after he had sacrificed his own life. He was going to go from the, being the sacrifice, the, the lamb that was slain. He's going to fulfill that part of his vision, his call for his life, what he was purposed to do. And then he's in the construction phase of something in it. He says it's his church. He said, I will build my church. Notice he is building his church still today. So what what are you talking about? Our vision aligning with the heavenly vision. The heavenly vision that Paul had, it was a part of building Jesus's church. That heavenly vision was tied to him building Jesus' church. Can I just tell you the vision for your life that God has prepared for you ahead of time that he wants you and expects you to walk in is tied to his vision. It's tied to his vision. You can have your own vision and many people do, but victory in life and pleasing God is tied to accomplishing his vision. His vision is to build the church. Jesus, he is solely focused on building. That's why you and I are still here. Because he's not here to do it in in the flesh. We're here to continue his ministry and to continue building what? His church. And he said, I will build my church. Then he wanted to say the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, right? So thank God for that. But he said, I will build my church. So that your vision tied to the heavenly vision is tied to the local church. You say, well, I'm a part of the church. I, I hear you, Pastor Greg, but I'm a part of the, the, the overall church. My place, my calling, my purpose in life is to just be part of the, the, the church. I'm a Christian. I'm just a part of the church. You know, as a, as a minister, you hear people say stuff. It's funny, when I go somewhere, somebody asks you, you know, you go, you go somewhere and you're talking to somebody. It doesn't take very long for the question. Come, so what do you do? You've ever been asked that before? You meet somebody and, hey, how are you? Good. And, you know, how's the weather today? Great. And, and you start running out of things to ask. And so what, are they, well, so what do you do? I almost hate getting that question. Because it's going to be one of two things. Well, one of three. The first response could just be turn around and leave. And we've had that before. Just kind of this blank look come over someone's face. Uh, bah, 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 bah. And they just walk, not, that's not speaking in tongues, right? They just walk off and, and have no idea. That's not the Holy Spirit. I got Holy Ghosted, right? They just left me. <laughs> they just Holy Ghosted me. But anyway, um, so they just walk off and leave me alone. And, and other times you, you have other believers you run into and they're like, oh, you're a minister. You're a pastor. Oh, praise God. I, I go to such and such because if they came here, I'd know who they were. But I, I go somewhere at this place and but very often I get the response, oh, that's, well, that's great. That's great. It's not very long. I just don't, you know, that's great for you. I just, I just don't really, I don't really believe in organized religion. Who's ever heard that before? I don't believe in organized religion, right? You know who does believe in organized religion? The one who's building the church. You can't build something without some organization, Right? I mean, in fact, whenever, whenever Jesus told the disciples to feed the 5,000, he was very specific in what he told them to do. That is organization. Can I just take a sidestep just for a moment, and please don't get your feelings hurt? If, if that's your response, nobody here, but, but if you run into somebody and that's their response, that is a, an expression of rebellion. Either you don't really know him or you're just opposed to him, because he said he's building his church. Well, they say, well, I'm doing that. I'm part of the universal church. How are you going to build and be a part of something, a building process of something that you can't even put your hands on? 
The universal church, we have, we have great churches all around town, great church in California, about to be meeting in a few hours, great churches all around doing great things. And they're all part of, and believers around the world. We have believers right now that are still in bed. They're on the other side of the planet sleeping, and we thank God for that. Things being done all over. That's the universal church. In fact, there's a large portion of them that have moved on to heaven. They've fulfilled their assignment here, and they have other assignments there. Woo, aren't you glad we're not done? Yeah, we got lots to do when we leave here. But they're, they're doing other things and they're moving on. That's the universal church. How are you going to be a part of something you can't do anything? You can't actually attach yourself to. You can't. Well, Pastor Greg, I don't, I don't know if I really like this. Well, I'm, I'm trying to help you. Because ultimately our goal should be in life is to stand before the Lord and to have lived our lives well. And if you're not a part of what he's building, how can you do that when you didn't contribute? He said, I'm building my church. Well, how did you build it? By breathing? Or even just showing up? And I got quiet right there. And, and we're, not being, we're not being critical of anybody, but every person has a purpose. We're going back to the beginning. Every person has a purpose. You were created in Christ Jesus. We're his masterpiece. It means it wasn't a mistake. It was, it was something that was amazing to him. He called it a masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should what? We should walk in them. So, so I'm, I'm wanting to help you. Because you can stand before the Lord and, and it'll be good to be there. But it'll even be better to be there, but then be there ready to be there. Because I was connected. You know, I pulled this out of my office today. I know it's 1150. I'm, I'm going to wrap up here in just a minute. I've kept this over the years. Joby, where's Joby at? Do you recognize this? Just the fact that I asked you, it's a hint to you. Just hold that for a second. Anybody recognize this? Anybody know what this is? Anybody, anybody have any idea? Eric's shaking his head yes. He says he thinks he knows. Joby, I know, knows because now I'm making a big deal about it. What is this, first and foremost? It's a, it's a piece of wood. Piece of, well, good, tough one. We got through that. It's a piece of wood. All right, it's a piece of wood. We are done. All right, we all know what wood is. So what, this is, I'm assuming, what kind of wood is this? This is uh, cypress, I'm guessing, wouldn't you say? Who knows wood? It's not, it's solid. It's cypress. What do they make? Yeah, it's a cheaper version of cypress. Probably, probably is a cheaper version of cypress. Anyway, uh, it's, it's a, it's a piece of wood. It's obviously not a tree any longer. It's been shaped. It's been, it's been molded. It's got some molding on it. Uh, you think it's got some purpose to it. Would you agree there's some purpose to this piece of wood? Sure, there has to be. Somebody's done something to it. It's not a tree anymore. It's a, it's a piece of wood. It's been in my office for years. You know, this piece of wood by itself is completely useless. I've used it to keep my door open for years. Because my door in my office sometimes, like not well, I don't always, I use other things too because it's a little big, but... My door tends to want to shut. It has locked me out before on a Sunday morning, and it locked, And I go back, my door locked myself, locked me out. I'm having to ask ushers to let me in my, my own office. It's terrible. But I've used it to keep the door propped open, but, but that was not its original purpose. It's a purpose that I assigned it, but it's not why it was made. Yeah. It's not why it's made. It's really not that useful because it's, it's not made as a door opener or a door holder opener. Yeah. <laughs> a door stopper, a door non-closer. I don't know, whatever you want to say. So... Not what I'm using it for, what I chose to use it for. Actually, this is a part of a kit that two skilled laborers can assemble in only eight hours. And I, and I know Joby knows what this is. This was our old playground we had at the church before we built the new one. It was built, this was a part out of that. I think this is a roof tile. Yeah, yeah. And Joby and I and different ones, we, we got this thing in. We bought it from Sam's and it said, two skilled laborers, eight hours. That was a lie from the pit of hell. It, it, I mean, it was like, uh, you know, uh, that was, that, they, all of that whole company needs to repent in the name of Jesus. That was, it took 1,500 of us, like four days to do this thing. And, and I was concerned Joby was going to lose his salvation over this. I mean, it was, it was, it was super irritating. This thing has purpose. Now, it's not, it's not real, but if it could think, it could say, I've got purpose. And it, and it can have all kinds of vision for what it's supposed to do. The reality is it didn't make itself. Somebody else made it. The reality is you didn't make yourself. And in fact, if you're in Christ, you're no longer your own. You've been bought with a price. The side note, right? But, but you, weren't, you didn't make yourself. Some, something else make you, made you. In fact, the one who made you said you're a masterpiece. 
the design for you was perfect. And we can, we can look at that word just a minute. Uh, I got to go. But when he said masterpiece, it gives you an insight into how God sees us, sees us. It's, it's from the standpoint, he can't take his eyes off of you. What he made was so good. He was so impressed by his creation that he can't help be like. For you over here who couldn't see me. You know, about his business and, oh, ooh, that looks real good. Why? Wow, he made it. He calls it a masterpiece. He gave it a purpose. If this board could think, act, walk, do what it wanted to, it can say, well, I understand that, or I don't, or I don't recognize that. I don't believe anybody made me for a purpose. I'm going to choose my own purpose. I don't like that purpose. I, I want to do something else. This thing is never going to, to, to do anything until it agrees with the purpose it was designed for. It makes a decision, right? Listen, if it can make, if it was a person, until it makes a decision, it's never, it's never going to produce anything. And even if it said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to be a playset. That's what I was made for, and I'm going to be a part of the playset. In fact, I'm going to be a part of the universal playsets of the world. <laughs> I just love the idea of playsets and. You know, I don't believe in organized playsets. I, I, I want to be a part of just the universal playset. I want to be out there where they're playing everywhere and just the wonderful children and play where you like to play. And that's just how I'm going to live my life, my, my, my fake Cypress Wood days. That's what I'm going to do. You, 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 you cannot. I don't care what you tell, what this thing tells itself. There. Not good English, but I don't know how, we're in Florida. There ain't no way to connect yourself to a conceptual playhouse. You know what that is? A conceptual connected piece of wood to a universal playset? That's a piece of trash. Now, I'm not calling anybody a piece of trash. People are like, whoa, whoa. Oh, Pastor Greg, I can't believe you just said that. You know, I'm not saying you're a piece of trash. What I'm saying is this wood, when I get tired of it holding my door up, which I really should get rid of it because I have, now I use a, I have a box of LED lights. That's what I'm holding my door up. I need to get an actual door, door holder opener. I don't know what it is. I need to get a, a doorstop. Thank you. Thank you. Tongues and interpretation. So I need, I need to get one of those. But this thing, eventually, this is nothing more than just firewood. It's just firewood because it had a purpose, but it's not connected to it. It's just a piece of wood. You know, when you read in Ephesians chapter 2, or Ephesians chapter 4, and it talks about the gifts. He gave gifts to all men. Oh, we got to go. He gave gifts to all men, everybody, gifts. What is that? It's part of purpose. It's part of his vision. Who gave it? He did. It's part of his plan, his vision for you. Gave gifts to men. It goes on talking about some apostles, you know, the ministry gifts. And it says for the, the, the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building of the body. When every part does its share, causes growth. The word growth and uh, for, the, for the equipping of the saints, that Greek word is the same word. And it actually means to build up. To, to build, to build up, and it's tied to architecture. It's a building. It, it's, a, it's architecture. It's a piece of something. Your gift, the, the heavenly vision for your life, the purpose for you, isn't, you can, say, you can say it is whatever you want to say it is. I can say it whatever I want to say my purpose is. I didn't make me. I couldn't have done this good of a job. I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't make me. I didn't make you. He did. He determined what it is. And it's a piece of architecture. It means it's to be fit together with something. The heavenly vision for your life is tied to the local church where God places you. Well, I don't believe in local churches. Jesus is building his church. What else can you connect to? You can't connect to the universal church. You can be a part of it, but you can't be connected to it. You can't be a producer. I'll say this. You can't be a producing member. 
Well, I pray. Well, thank God you pray. But what about the other parts? We're all been called to pray, but those giftings go beyond just that. You need to pray. Well, I can give. You need to give. You can, you can do those things. But, but where are you connected to? And then not just in the, in the, in the box. Had we, had we gotten the, the playground together and unboxed that monstrosity and just threw all the pieces there, the playground would have been, would have, would have been there. It would have been present in that pile. But there had to be some connecting and some, even some fastening together. Oh, that's painful. Well, sometimes you gotta, you gotta put it up there and fasten things together, making a decision. I'm gonna, this is my place and I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna get in there. See that, this is your, the vision God, he has a vision for all of us. He has a vision for Impact Family Church. It's made up and it's accomplished by getting connected to the heavenly vision that he has for our lives. Paul said, I said, this is the vision God gave me. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The reality is we all have to make a choice. Now we have, we have, we have a wonderful church. And I'll say this, we have, we have some of the parts, the building blocks, the components of impact family church of this local place that aren't here. They're not here yet. Some have never even stepped foot in our door. I'm believing God we're getting them. I'm believing God they're coming in. We've had others that have gotten misplaced. Maybe they misplaced themselves. Something happened. Somebody else misplaced them. What, regardless, they're not, in, they're, they, they're not, they're still in the, in the, in the, in the, in the family, so to speak, the universal, but they're not in their spot. I'm believing God we're getting those back. I'm believing God we're getting those back. There are boards and connectors and pieces and things that are called to make this place run. There's some sitting in this room that, that, that can be more connected. If something's going to hold weight, it's got to be connected by more than just a a, a zip tie, right? Sometimes our connection is a zip tie connection. You need to be bolted on, right? You need to be bolted and locked down. Why? So you, you can't put weight on something that's not really connected. If it's on there by bubble gum, you better not climb on it, right? But it needs to be connected tighten down, right? Now the word gives you the tools to tighten, but it still comes down to your choice. Are you going to be tightened? Are you going to be fixated, affixed to the structure that he's building? He's building, Jesus is building a church universal, but he's building strong. We've heard this term, strong local churches. Well, I can, I can just do what I, well, I, I, well, then I'll just pick which one. No, 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 no. He puts, he puts everyone in the body where he, anybody knows that, know that scripture? He puts everyone in the body where he, what? Pleases. That means he, he, he even, it, he didn't just make a choice. It pleases him where he puts it. That puts it a whole nother level of intention on the master's side. He didn't just randomly do something. It pleased him to do certain things, to place people in certain spots. Well, where has the Lord placed you? If you're visiting with us today and you've got a good church that you go to, it's a Bible-believing, spirit-filled church that's meeting your needs, man, praise God for that. That's great. Be faithful to your church. There's been enough of like fishing out of other churches' bathtubs, right? We got a lost world out there that needs our attention and not just trying to pick off each other, right? No, but if you're not involved in a, in a good Bible-believing church that's full of the Spirit of God, and, and I'm not judging, you, you go to the Lord about that. We've got it. We'd love to have you be part of us. But if, if this Impact Family Church is your home, are you connected? Are you really connected? Are, 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 you, are you fixated to this? Is, are you making a choice to have the vision for your life match God's vision for your life? Right? And we can talk a little bit more about sometimes those things are progressive. They don't always just, I started off playing drums. You know, you know the reason why I wasn't an insanely good drummer? I didn't need to be. It was a part of God's vision. His plan for me is to help the music team get started back in those days, but then to teach other people that are way better than me. And I don't play anymore. Sometimes I'd like to get up there. And... But my, my, my vi- the, God's vision for me has adjusted. It's changed. It's moved. 
Well, adjustments can come, but you still have to be connected where he connects you, right? What's the point of all of this? I had other things to talk about, but, but we didn't get to it all. We're going to stop. God has a vision for your life. You need to have a vision for your life, but don't just say, I'm going to just pick a vision. Get before God. Get into his word, first and foremost. Get the boundaries set. You don't, there, you don't need to be super spiritual and great at hearing what the Holy Spirit's saying when it comes down to what the word already says. If you can read, if you can listen to audiobooks, if you have a pastor that you can ask, I can help you, right? And that, that's not, it's not being picky. It's not being trying to push anything off on you. But, but you can find out, begin to find out what, are my, what, what, what vision that God has for me, what kind of boundaries do I need to start setting. Part of those is about being a part of a local body, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves. A scripture that everybody hates, right? Yeah, it's, it's a part of it. It's about using your gifts. It's about, it's about being, it's, it's about all of those things. Your time, your money, and your, your, your attention, all of those things. But you find out what the word says, but then you get before God. All right, Lord, what, what is it you want to talk to me about? I guarantee you, if you're open, he'll talk to you. But I don't, I don't see that. I, what the Lord's talking about, I'm going to wait till I, what I believe the Lord ultimately wants me to do. If it's not available, get busy somewhere. Connect somewhere. So many times people say, I've heard people say, well, I really have this on my heart. and We don't really do that. Well, how about, how about get involved with what we do? do what we are doing so that we can start freeing up energy and resources and effort to then move into things that we've not been able to do. What is that? That's slapping on another board. That's, we have a place that now we're going to add another swing now, and now we're going to add, we're going to add another slide and maybe another place to somebody to climb up to get up on the place set. You had the front entrance. Now we're going to add a side entrance. Woo. And that's going to be great. Why? Because you get more kids. We're going to add another deck, right? About finding your place, your heavenly vision. It's available to all of you. Said it's available to all of us. If you will ask, if you will seek, if you'll just say, Lord, show me, he'll show you. He'll show you, he'll show you. He'll direct you, he'll guide you. He'll do all of those things. God has a plan for each of us he has a plan for Impact Family Church. He has a, he has a, he has a, we have done so much. He has more. He has more to do. He has more to accomplish. He's got more work, more ground to be gained. His vision is so big. It didn't just stop when we're satisfied. And let me tell you, you never grow out of the connected phase. There's no retirement in this family. There's no retirement in this family. In fact, when you leave earth, and your address changes to heaven, you don't retire, you just pick up other duties. Yeah. And, and, and we'll see then, like we c- can see it now, oh, what an honor. Woo, what an honor. I, I've got, this is my assignment. I can't, woo, I'm so glad I have an assignment. Start looking at it this way. Start searching it out now. Start seeing this life. What's my assignment? What an honor that is. Where's my place? What an honor is, that is to do that. If you'll have that heart, God will reveal himself to you. I guarantee you, the Lord will be pleased Lives will be changed. I tell you what, it will accomplish the structure. Jesus is building his church. And we'll all be a part of it. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? Hallelujah. I was determined to get out before noon, but didn't happen. Mothers, it's all the mom's fault. It's all the mom's fault. (laughs) Now, God has something for each and every one of us. God, everybody say, God has something for me. God has, and and for, for many of you, God has many things for you. Well, I don't, okay. Now you're pushing it, Pastor Greg. Let let me just get okay with something. When you get it, when you get a taste of something, then you're like, oh, now there's something else. And and there's something else. And there's something else. And there's something else. What, what is that? You're tapping into the grace that's on the inside that, that, that the empowerment of that purpose in your life, it starts like, Ooh, 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 I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. That's good. That's good. That's good. Get on board what he's doing. Amen. Praise God. Father, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Hallelujah. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for your plan. Thank you 
for what you are doing. Lord, I'm grateful for the church that you're building. Yes, the church universally that you're building, but the church right here that you've been building for 43 years. In fact, you started the building of this church before that. You started the building of this church back in 1979. You started the building of this church back in 1976 when you were dealing with my parents. In fact, you you started building this church back whenever his uh, uh, grandparents and my mom's grandparents were in the early days of Pentecost. You were starting the building process of Impact Family Church then. In fact, Lord, you were doing this even before the foundations of the world. You were preparing this church, this specific body to be built. Because you had, you put us here and you worked this out and worked that out and planned this out and planned this, that out so that when this time would come, we would be here. And if you tarry, we know you have more things already prepared for the future. Lord, all of that preparation, all of that planning, oh, it's a, it's a marvelous thing to see it come to fruition. What a powerful thing that is to see come to completion. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to be a part of that. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be a, a board on the structure of the church that you're building here. Lord, help us to see it. Give us vision. Open our eyes. Help us to see your plan. Not just where we fit, but how we all fit together. Father, I thank you for it. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have a desire to be used, if you have a desire to fulfill your purpose, to fulfill that heavenly vision on your life, ask him what he would have you to do. He will surely guide you. It'll be the best thing you've ever done. You might be sitting here thinking, I've got, I, this is completely doesn't interest me at all. One day it will be the most interesting thing you ever heard of. It'll have your entire attention. Find the joy of serving God. It's there. Get yourself connected. Get yourself connected. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.